Now, I want us to take a scripture, uh, Amos uh, 3, verse 3. I, I believe it's a popular scripture. It just says, can two walk together except they be agreed? Now, this scripture is not specifically talking about marriage. But I would like to also uh, relate it to relationships and also uh, with, uh, with marriage to say it will be very difficult to journey together in any relationship unless we agree. If we don't agree, it will be difficult for us to achieve anything. It will be difficult for us to grow. You know, it will be difficult for us to walk a fruitful journey. You know. Now, what are some of the things that will help promote open and honest and a unifying communication between two people? You know, what are the things that will promote open? So, meaning a relationship, a communication must be open. It must be honest, and it must be what? Unifying, meaning we must be one in terms of uh, what we, 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 we talk about. So, unity is essential in marriage. Unity will only be achieved by open and honest communication. Now, on my point eight says, make time for quality communication. Make time, make time. So it's important to be intentional in terms of how we communicate in our marriages, in our relationships. So we must make that time to communicate. Today it becomes so difficult to communicate because we've got, uh, you know, cell phones, uh, we've got TVs, we've got laptops. And people are there together, but they are busy with these gadgets. So there must be time where we put aside all those things, where we switch off the TV, where we put the phone aside or switch it off or where we put the, the laptop, uh, you know, uh, you know um, off so that we can have some quality time uh, to communicate. Now, men and women um, are different in terms of communicating. Uh, women want, you know, want to communicate more, sometimes even excessively, uh, you know. And men don't like to actually communicate. Uh, you know, they just want to keep it short uh, <laughs> and simple. So it means both parties need to adjust. Ne? Men need to stretch themselves, you know, a bit to sacrifice uh, that and try to reach out to the woman. And I, I believe also women need to cut <laughs> you know, so that we, we, we meet each other um, halfway when it comes to uh, to communicating, you know. Now, number B, discuss everything. Be willing to put anything on the table to discuss. So, in any relationship, in your marriage, discuss everything. Okay. Yeah. So let's put everything on the table, talk about it, and discuss it. Number six. Make sure it is a good time for both to share. Learn to read your spouse's moods. Ask your spouse 
when would be the good time to discuss this? Now, this one is for Christians only. So, with this one, you need the spirit of discernment. Hallelujah. I know women sometimes just want to talk and uh, not even uh, looking at the situation. Know your partner. You know, when he is in that area of, you know, every man has got that thing. I also have it where I'm grumpy and moody. <laughs> and if my wife comes and talks to me, when I'm in that state, it's like you're entering a zoo cage where there's a lion. I get to understand that. So don't just force yourself to speak to someone. Learn to judge the moods. Learn to discern the mood. To say, hey, now it is not a good time to bring this issue. Maybe I should bring it later when things are what? Are cool. Again. When the lion is coming. So just the mood, even when you want to um, uh, communicate with your wife, just check the mood. Is, is this a good mood? Um, is this a, a good time? Time is also important. Timing. So if I'm busy with something and I'm focusing on that thing and you know I need to get that thing done and you come to me and you say, uh, baby, let's talk. Obviously, we are not going to get the best outcome out of that uh, communication. Long understand. So be uh, a good judge of moods and also of uh, descending if it is the right time or not. Now, number D, pray before discussing uh, particular difficult areas. Do what? Pray. There is power in prayer. So, if you know there's a serious issue that you need to discuss with your partner or your spouse, take some time and pray about it. You know, the Holy Spirit has got power to influence and also to resolve those difficult issues. And also he does what? He gives you wisdom in terms of the choice of words that you need to, that you need, uh, to, to, you, to use. So as a child of God, do what? Pray. If you're going to ask for something that you know, yeah, there's going to be a fight. Be on your knees first. And say, Lord, give me wisdom. Lord, give me influence. Lord, speak to him before I go to him. Lord, speak to her before I approach her. Hallelujah. Communicate accurately. Um, okay, not, let's not do that. Maybe let's go to number E. Attack the problem and not the person. Hallelujah. When we communicate, we attack the what? The problem, not the person. If you attack the person, then already what you're trying to achieve will not work. Because once you attack me, I start to defend myself. But if you 
focus on the issue at hand, then we are able to do it, to look at the issue and concentrate on it and focus on it. Then we have maximum output out of the conversation. So avoid using you when you communicate. You, 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 you. So when you continue to say you, you, when it comes to the next person's ear, it's like, okay, now she, she doesn't have the problem with the issue. She's got the problem with me. So we need to learn to separate the issue from the person. Although it comes from the person, then that will make you to be fruitful in your communication. I guess like understand. Separate the what? Yeah, the program. Yeah. Uh, separate the program. So you rather say, I do not like this. So how can we work on this to solve it? Rather than saying, you do this, you do this, you do this, you do this, you do this. It sounds more like an attack, okay? Now, communicate accurately also avoid exaggerations. There are people who, who are so good with exaggerating. If they see a red, they see, eh, hey, there was a uh, a small elephant. <laughs> you know, they, they don't talk what... Um, so don't, 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 don't exaggerate. I'll give an example. One of the words you're not supposed to use, always. You always do this. You are always late. You always do the, not doing the right things. So when you say always, you are exaggerating. Now, instead of having a fruitful conversation, now we are going to focus on when I defend myself to say, but it is not always. Last week I did this. That other week I did, I did it right. When, when now now we, we're missing the point where we want to go. Now we are focusing on the exaggeration. So try to avoid exaggeration and look at uh, the problem and what is uh, at hand. Number G, try to, face your uh, to phrase your sentences in an uplifting and a problem-solving way. Try to phrase your what? Your sentences in an uplifting way. Actually, it's important when you want to bring an issue to start by uplifting. Rather than by saying, hey, when I go wrong, hey, when I, you know, there's nothing good that you do, you always do this and this and that and that. Start by saying, you know what, Papa? You are a good husband. You take care of us. I mean, there's no man like you. You are my king. But you know what? There's just when one issue I don't like about you. You know, when you have done that, you have softened my heart. 
Even when you come with the problem, I'm still stuck on the good thing. So when we communicate this, there's no fight at all. Yeah, she loves me. She, so she's not attacking me. I want to hear that. What are they saying? I want to hear it. What are they saying? <laughs> you know, even if you want to correct something that is wrong, try also to be uplifting in the conversations. When you want to talk to your wife and there's something that you don't like about her, start also by saying the things that you like. You know, I like this about you. I like this. I like that about you. It's good. But there is this one issue that I, don't, I, I, I do not like that you, you are doing to me. How can we solve that? Then already you have prepared the ground for a what? A fruitful uh, conversation. Be a ready listener. Be a ready Listener, do not interrupt the conversations. When they say to you, we want to talk, please, I want you to listen, you you sit down and you become quiet and you listen. You take that time to listen. Listen more and talk less. Listen more and do what? And talk less. Less. So listen to this person to say, but what, what, what is he trying to say? What is she trying to say? You know, most of the time we, we are tempted to just want to talk, to lash out, to, uh, we want to hurry to reply, uh, you know, but wait for the person to bring out their, uh, their opinion or what they want to communicate. Take the time to understand what is really being said. Okay? Take time to do what? To understand what is real being said. So take some time. It's like with the newspaper. Sometimes we don't read newspapers. You just look at what is written outside and already you do what? You conclude. I remember there was this issue here Yamandoza. And on the newspaper, it was saying, Mendoza went back to rehab. Now, I pass these guys and say, hey, this guy, Utsunyagidi drugs. He went back, you know, relapses. When I read the newspaper inside, it says he went back to rehab to help the kids who are struggling with drugs. You see, sometimes we just hear there's a little, already we conclude, how is it going to end? So wait for the whole conversation to hear, oh, what, what is it being said here? And try to really think and understand what is uh, being really said. Do not get defensive or react to individual words or statements. Listen to the heart not the facts of the matter. Listen to that one. Now, someone might not be speaking facts, but they are speaking from the heart. So, 
So some, some, some conversations are derailed because whenever you believe you've got facts, and this person does not have facts. But learn to look within the conversation, what is the heart of this person? You know, what is, what is the heartbeat of this conversation? Don't feel like you have to adjust every word. Look at the big picture. Ne? Some people will just be critical on the words. To say, no, he did not speak, he did not uh, articulate that word properly. Here he was supposed to say this. But look at what, what is the big picture of the what? Of the conversation. Where is this conversation leading us? How will this conversation be fruitful for moving forward in our relationship or also in our marriage? Hallelujah. So try to put also yourself in the other person's position to understand their point of view. Try to put yourself in the person communicating in their shoes so that you are able to get the best outcome. You know, sometimes when I have that in my house, I don't want to talk to anybody. I just want to sit on the corner. You know, sometimes (laughs) maybe you've been to a meeting or something and, you know, and you are not feeling so well, so you become so, so grumpy. And one time I was sitting there and I was asking myself, am I fun to live with? I was looking at my kids, looking at my wife. Is really Harold fun to live with? When they look at me, do they say, hey, we enjoy having our father? If I was my wife, and she was like that, the way I am, will I enjoy talking to her? So I tried to put myself in their shoes, and I got to realize, oh, hey, this, uh, I'm still working on it. <laughs> <laughs> it is not fully gone. It, it, sometimes it just comes, and yeah. But I'm working on it, and God, I believe God is helping me on that one. Hallelujah! And it's important for you to look. What are the things that I need to remove, and start working on them for the better of your relationship? Hallelujah! Learn how to clarify the feelings of the other. We are so good to clarify our own feelings, but I think it's important to also clarify their feelings, to try and understand, oh, this is how uh, she feels. You know. So it shouldn't be always about you. You should always try to judge. You should always try to look deeply to say, she's in this kind of a feeling. She's in an angry feeling. She's feeling or or maybe remorse. 
What is the feeling? If you understand what the other person is feeling, then the communication becomes even more easier. Hallelujah. Yeah. So it brings understanding. Yo, I, I forgot this story. You know, communication is not so easy. Uh, one time we were driving with my wife and we were driving to Limpopo. And as we are driving, she says to me, uh, do you see the KFC there? I said, yes, I see it. Then I continue to drive. After, <laughs> after five kilometers, uh, I look at her. It's like, you know. <laughs> she's angry. Then I'm like, but this person was happy. He was 10 minutes ago. What, what happened between? And I did not say anything. So I'm wondering, is it the radio, the songs I'm playing? <laughs> then I try to ask her, why are you angry? And she says, I told you who, uh, uh, about the KFC. Did you see it? I said, yes, I saw it. <laughs> then I said, then what? Then she became even more angry. <laughs> then I said, oh, you wanted me to go in and buy. I'm sorry. <laughs> Hey, communication is such a challenge, Mazalwan. So to her, how do I born? You see it. She was meaning go inside and buy. Now I thought she was saying, hey, it's a new one. Look at it. It's nice. <laughs> <laughs> Hallelujah. Now learn how to clarify feelings of the other. Example, maybe your wife can come and say, you know, this one, women like it. Uh, they would say, I feel that you don't love me. How many men have experienced that? <laughs> or is it only me? <laughs> How? You have never experienced it? Hey, man, I'm not going to and already I was like, oh, oh, <laughs> you know, and, and say, I feel that you do not love me. So a wrong reply will be, well, of course I love you. Must I, I give you my paycheck. You've got food in the house. You've got groceries. Hmm? I give you money for clothes. Of course I love you. So when you say that you don't feel the emotion you high, I can still understand that. Yeah. So you, have, you, you, you don't have clarity in what she's saying. So the right answer would be, what am I doing or saying that is giving you the impression that I don't love you? What is it that gives you the impression that I don't love you? Rather than to say, but you've got everything that you have. Hmm? Be slow to speak. Be slow to do what? To speak. Let's not be in a rush. I know it's a challenge for most of us. Think things out first. Be sure of what you say. 
Avoid being reactionary. Wait for the right time to bring the what? The adjustment. Wait for the right time to bring the adjustment. Sometimes things are so heated up. You know conversations, how they go. They can also take that route. And as they are heated up, sometimes you want to bring adjustment. But it's the right thing to do, but at the wrong time. So it will not be what? Effective. Sometimes you want to even bring correction, but when things are heated, it might be the wrong time because it will escalate the, um, you know, the emotion. Do not adjust in public. Don't what? Don't adjust in public. Don't correct your spouse in front of the kids. Don't correct your spouse in front of the in-laws. Don't correct your spouse in front of your friends. Langkuka. Do it in private. Don't even correct him on the street. Or in the shop on front, in front of the cashier. Do it sometime later where it is private. When you are wrong, feel free to admit. Hallelujah. You know, there are people who are never wrong. They are always right. And you wonder, this person has never apologized in their lives. There's no way. If you've got pride and you think highly of yourself, or you think that you are more intelligent than anybody, you will not apologize. You will never say, I am wrong. You are on a high horse. And pride is a destroyer of many relationships and marriages. When you realize that I'm wrong, say it. I am wrong. Others need to go to great one for I am wrong. <laughs> yeah. When someone confesses to you, forgive them quickly. When someone does what? Confess. They come to you, the partner comes and confesses to you, forgive them quickly. If they come and confess and you start saying, but you do it, you did it two 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 years ago, you did it in uh, in, in, in uh, Matwale's place, you did it uh, when we were in high school, you did it, and it, but this person is confessing to you. So next time they will not come back and confess. People need to know that when I confess, you are going to forgive me. And this is the way of the word of God. This is the way of us as a Remember, we are not just people. We are children of God. And the Bible must apply also in our relationships, in how we talk, in our language, in how we react to uh, things that happen. Hallelujah. Be committed to the principle of no, no action. 
without unity. Be committed to the principle of what? No action without unity. Hey, I once got into trouble. I wanted to buy this thing and my wife didn't want. And I went ahead and bought it. Each time there was trouble with that thing, she will tell me. Because she will remind me. I told you. We were not in this together. And it was as if that thing kept on giving me problems. and. <laughs> so my advice, never go ahead unless there's a unified agreement. Is that point taken? No. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, boy. Be honest about the way you feel. Learn to share your feelings openly. Sometimes as men, we have our things inside. We don't communicate openly on how we feel. So it's important as also as men to do it. To let it out. To talk about it. It's easier for women to make their feelings known. Most men die inside. Die with things that are hurting them. Die with things that are breaking them down. And you, you, you will hear one time they say, a man uh, shot his wife and children and he shot himself. Because he had things inside that he did not, uh, you know, he didn't open about. When we open about things, we're also letting our spouse or our partner, uh, uh, giving them uh, uh, also a direction on how to support us on what we are going through. It is painful to fight things alone because it is just you, yourself, and I. And if it is you, yourself, and I, you will never come up with a solution. And this is what Elijah struggled with. When he struggled with depression. And God visited him. So let us be able to be, to be open, not hide things, not hide our feelings. Make it easy for your spouse to communicate. Be willing to entertain a compromise, you've got to give a little. Be willing to what? To entertain a what? Compromise. Sometimes you need to let go of some things that you love for the sake of unity or for the sake of going forward. So be willing to what? To compromise. And let it not be every time it's only the other party who compromise. But the other party doesn't compromise. And then even if you are the head of the house, you compromise. You don't come and say, but uh, I'm the head of the house. My word goes. No. We talk it out. We negotiate. This is what I want. But because you want this, let me give up maybe something a little so that we are able to do what? To move together. 
Seek godly counsel over irresolvable issues. I know this one is difficult for men. Men don't like counseling, Barcelona. I get you why. Kora him him madly lele monna counseling kebetela ndatema tso. It takes courage for a man to say, I do not know it all, and I need someone outside to give me counsel. In the end, be sure that the ground is really worth fighting over. In the end. Sometimes you need to be sober and to say, but what are we fighting for? Is this really what we need to be fighting for? You know, sometimes my wife will come up with other things and say, and then she's trying to pick the fight. They will say, you know what, my wife, ah, eh, win. Like, <laughs> like, it's your title. Because I feel this one, it's not worth the fight. There are people who fight for everything. When, they, when there's a fly, it gets into the house, they fight. There's a fly, so let's fight. <laughs> you know, like the, the old Chinese movies? They, they walk on the, on the grass, and there's just this small one way. And when they meet, they say... <clears throat> We are going that way. I'm going that way. So let's fight. <laughs> you know. So check what, what is it that you're fighting? Is it worth fighting for? Some battles that actually there's no need to fight. You just need the wisdom to say, I, this one ah, is not the, a major thing. Let my partner just have their own way. Then if we practice all these things, I believe. They will help me, they will help us to be great and good communicators or to have fruitful uh, communications in our relationships. Hallelujah. I believe you have learned something from this. Let's close our eyes. I want to pray. Ansa piluya lijwe akenya piluya Ya Musa, Jesu ama, Oh Jesu ama, You know we shouldn't be heavenly useful in terms of communicating, knowing how to speak in tongues. But when it comes to our brothers and sisters or in our relationships, we are not able to, to communicate. 
on the things that I spoke about, I want us to reflect. Look at your heart. Look at what is it that I can change. I don't want you to look at uh, Zapatnaya or whatever. Look at you. What is it? Where am I um, actually failing? I believe that God has got that, ra- that grace if we repent. If we say, Lord, here I know I'm wrong. Please help me. Work in me. That I'll be able to communicate well. You know, Some people, their destinies are actually destroyed by how they communicate. They actually push their blessings away or what God wants to do in their life because of the way they communicate. You can't be saved speaking in tongues, but you don't know how to communicate properly. And you lose things. You lose relationships. You are from marriage to marriage. And you think it's the other person, but your challenge is you cannot do that. And today, I want you to say, Lord, search my heart. Know me from today. Teach me how to speak fruitfully. Teach me how to communicate fruitfully so that I'll be able to grow in my relationships. And I believe that God can do that if you have a willing heart and a heart and a heart to learn. I come to God and say, Lord, I want to learn. I want you to teach me. So I may have a fruitful relationship and enjoy my relationship. Faith towards God. Somebody say faith towards God. So we will take some time to dwell in this message. Um, I know it's a message with hype. But I want to deal strongly first with the deep foundations um, concerning faith. So you are able to grow your faith. You are able to know what are the obstacles that are hindering you to exercise your faith or to maximize um, uh, your faith. I know... uh, most of you maybe have heard a lot of messages concerning faith. You know, have faith in God. You know, believe God um, for greater things and all those. Uh, but we would like to just be grounded for a while this month and really look at uh, certain things. Now, number one, what does it mean to have faith in God? The Bible makes it clear that faith in God on our part is necessary to enter into God's great salvation. So the entry level of our salvation starts with faith. I believe we know that. If you confess with your mouth and believe with your heart that Jesus is who? is Lord, then you shall be saved. So, very at the very beginning of our journey as the children of God, our first step into it is faith. Now, there's a dictionary meaning that defines faith as, as trust, firm persuasion, assurance, firm conviction, 
confidence in another or in another's word. Now, when we go to the Bible, I believe we know this famous scripture, Hebrews um, 11, verse 1. It says, faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. I like that part, the evidence of what? Of things not seen. Now, faith emanates from the spiritual, not from the physical. So, meaning everything that manifests in the physical has to be captured, has to be believed, it has to be manufactured, it has to be conceived where? In the spirit. So everything you see here, it was there in the spirit. The chair that you're sitting in, it was in somebody's spirit before it manifested. You see, when God created us, he created us as beings who also have the ability to create. And that's why God created a tree. But he did not create a chair. But a chair was in the tree. So it took someone who had faith to see the chair in the tree. I don't know you hear what, what I'm, I'm, I'm talking about. And at times you, you would also ask God for something, but he might give you something that will birth what you are asking for. If you're always stereotype or looking in one eye or your mind is just fixed on what you want, God might give you the means but not the want. And that's how, uh, you know, faith works. So everything comes from the spirit. The clothes you are wearing were a seed planted in somebody's spirit. Now, you still remember Hannah. The Bible says Hannah could not give birth. Now, we go into that text and we try to find out why she could not give birth. And the Bible says God closed her womb. Now, if we took Hannah to the doctors, firstly, they will not see any stitches. They will use their microscopes and whatever uh, devices they have, the latest technology to check what is wrong with her. They will not find any fault. Why? Because a woman has got two wombs. A spiritual womb and a physical womb. 
So if things are closed in the spirit, there will be no manifestation in the physical. That's why the devil is happy with you kicking and shouting and doing all these things. But he knows he has closed something in the spiritual and he's laughing at you and you are not aware. As children of God, yes, we are concerned about our bodies. We dress expensive clothes. We, 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 we put on perfumes and we, we buy special creams. We do our Peruvian hair. And, you know, all those beautiful, they are nice. They are good. But don't forget that you also have a spiritual sight. Some people are looking for physical solutions. Where it concerns spiritual problems. Spiritual problems need spiritual solutions. I'm trying to drive at this to say everything emanates from the spirit. If you win in the spirit, you win in the physical. So it says, it's the evidence. It's faith is the evidence of things not seen. Faith is the substance, meaning you see it, you believe it, you live it. As it, it has happened already, but it has not yet happened. Some of us, we miss things and we want to be prayed for, for things that we are supposed to have, to have faith for. Jesus, in his time of ministry, did not heal everybody. Check the Bible. There were crowds, but in a day he would heal two or three. And what would he say to them? Your faith. Remember, Jesus is God. But his hands were tied by the lack of faith. He could not move in wonders because his hands were tied by lack of faith or being faithless. And that's why Jesus never took a credit in all the miracles. He gave credit to those who had a challenge and a problem. Your faith has healed you. Today we have changed that I was healed by Pastor uh, Banban. I was healed by Bishop Banban. It's not there in the Bible. Jesus says constantly, faithfully, consistently, your faith. He doesn't say my faith, my power has healed you. Is your faith. So meaning, when it comes to faith, there's a part you have to play. There's a part you play. It's not one-sided. It's not about the most powerful man of God. It's about what do you want? How bad do you want it? How hungry are you? 
Some people are ahead in life because they are hungrier than you are. But you find that your level of gifting is higher than they are. Now, now what is faith? It is the confidence, assurance, this is NLT, that what we hope for is going to happen. It is the evidence of things we cannot see. So, it says, is the assurance, meaning you are confident that this thing is going to happen. Even though the circumstances are against you. Even though the circumstances are against what you are believing. Even though you don't have the resources for that. Even though you do not see any hope. Even though everyone is against you. Even when the devil is fighting you tooth and nail. But you still stand and say, I know God is going to do this. And Barcelona, nobody's going to do it for you. This one, nobody. It's your part to play. I'll just jump on the Amplified. Let me go to this. Faith is agreeing with God's word. Through our confession and a lifestyle of obedience to it. This gospel is a speaking gospel. If you are silent, you get nothing. Even when we get saved, it says, if you confess with your mouth and believe with your heart, believing with your heart is the action thereof, following what you are saying and declaring in your mouth. In Genesis, when God created the heavens and the earth, there was confusion on the earth. Things he confessed, he declared, were not seen, but were already inside of him. And he spoke them into what? Existence. Zalwani, speak to your situation. Nobody's going to talk for you. And when you speak, follow it up with the action. You can't declare whether you're a businessman, but you don't have a business plan. You don't have an account, but you are calling billions. You don't have the structure. I, I, I don't always pray for people. Sometimes I want to check what is the problem. And that's the same with the story of the woman. who was about to die with the children. And the children were supposed to be taken because the husband owed the debtors. And he comes to the prophet. And he says, you still remember one of your prophets? He was my husband. He's gone now. And now the debtors are here. I'm broke. And we don't know what we're going to do. The man of God did not pray for her. She said to her, what do you have? Because when she's speaking about debtors, what comes to your mind? What, what comes to your mind? What do debtors need? Money. So you can't just pray for money. 
Langkutlah. So he says, the tasks are coming. The man of God says, what do you have? There must be an exchange rate. If we go to the stock exchange, it's not about prayer and having faith. What are we exchanging? Business, there must be some exchange. You can't just exchange in your heart. Lord, I believe you for billions and billions fall on your house. What do you have that you can put at the gate for the economy? So he says to the man, what do you have? Now imagine you come to me, Muruti Rasoko, Larnali, and Narcopala Kerakel, Chusegera Unalevuka. They say, yo, Barutiba, but to see what they did. Actually, if you attend that course, yeah, 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 ma, massage, yeah, vision. Actually, that's what it takes. It, it, it does skills audits. What do you have? Our government is just giving people money. It gives them the 350. But it's all. But I got the drugs. That's all. No, she says, what, what do you have? And she says, I've got nothing. You see the mentality. So she, she, he wanted to challenge the mentality. The mentality was a poverty mentality. You can't have faith and still have a poverty mentality. You want to receive, 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 receive. Receive, receive is a poverty mentality. And you will never get anywhere in life. God wants to know what do you have. Even when he calls Moses. He says, Moses, I want to use you, but what do you have? Now, listen to the mentality. She says, I've got nothing. <laughs> but then he puts a bat. She puts a bat. A bat overrides whatever that she says. He says, but a jar of oil. So she saw that as nothing. When you don't live by faith, the things that you have, you see them as nothing. Because you have poverty mentality. You have not come to a place where you understand what faith is all about. Then the man of God says, Why are you crying? You have oil. Oil is expensive. No matter the quantity. But when it gets at the stock exchange, when it gets at the gate where the market is done, there can be a change. And the man of God realized that her challenge was not money. Some of you, you're crying for money, but your challenge is not money. Even if God can promote you and give you more money, you will still be broke because your challenge is your mentality. And you don't have the structure for what God wants to do in your life. 
If you believe by faith, you need to also prepare the structure for what you want to do. Most people are gifted and talented, but they are limited karabana structure. Sorry to say this, but I think some, somewhere, somehow, we need to learn from white people in some of the things. Things are open and let's have business in Sabasutu. I think we need to build a, a different culture. I was, I, was, I was really disappointed by a lot of our people when it comes to business. Trusting them for service, you, you pay, then they don't deliver. Then it's that story again. Then you have to take them to Barking, uh, reality TV. <laughs> x repo Those programs are done for us, Bazaloy. Now, she doesn't, he doesn't say to her, go look for oil. What's expensive between oil and a jar? The oil. Why is he instructing her to go look for a jar? Most of you are praying for money and asking for money. Nobody's praying for a structure. Nobody's praying for a structure. Nobody's praying for an organized structure that will make money to flow. A good structure makes money to flow. God blesses the structure. No, it says to the woman, it's, it's wisdom. It says, go and look for the jars. And she went and did what? And looked for the jars. When she came with the jars, the oil did what? Started falling. And I talked about this. How many liters here? Yeah? Is it the size of the water or of the bottle? Yeah? 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 It's the size of the bottle, eh? not the size of the water. The water is limited by the bottle. Where this water comes from, there's millions and millions of gallons of water. So your structure determines how much water you can carry. And that's why the Bible says, when the jars were finished, the oil stopped flowing. So if she carried more jars, I get like Google. If she had, if she went and carried a million jars, the oil will flow to million, billion jars to billion, octillion jars to octillion. Now I'm teaching you what you should pray for. Don't pray for money. You gotta pray for structure. Pray for influence, not affluence. Some people confuse influence and affluence. You can live in an affluent community, but not influence it. Affluence means you, you have the money, you afford to stay, you know, 
in a beautiful, you have options of money, but doesn't mean you have the influence. And you can still have influence and not be affluent. <laughs> you hear what I'm saying? So I hope I'm trying to drive to where I want to go. Now, why can we render this kind of faith in God? So the faith I'm talking about, it is not a self-faith. It is not self-belief. It is not a belief in the universe. Today we have where people say, no, I, I believe in, in myself. I want to talk about faith that emanates from God. That gets its substance or its foundation from God. There are those who say, no, uh, we, we believe in, uh, uh, in the universe. We have faith in the universe. There are those who say, uh, we have faith in, in the ancestors. But here in AFM Agassia, we base our faith on God. We stand on God and believe the things that we believe in, that they will happen. So some people struggle with the idea of God being good. So why can we render this kind of faith in God? It's because God is good. You see this concept, I mean, the late uh, he would say, God is good. I will come crying to him and hey, things are like this and he say, God is good. Actually, there's a very strong biblical concept. Actually, the foundation of faith is God is good. You will not believe in God to do wonders in your life unless you believe that he is good. You see, the Bible likens God with a father. If you had a bad father in your life, it will be difficult for you to understand who God is or that God is good because your concept of a father was messed up while you were still young. And you need deliverance from that. Let me give an example. When I was growing up, my father, actually, he was not saved. My mother got saved first. Actually, my grandmother got saved first. Then it was my mother. My father was always angry. Actually, I, I didn't have a good relationship with him. The only time we communicated, it was when I'd done something wrong. So I used to fear him, not out of respect, but out of any time. You know, so we had that relationship. He would sit and read the newspaper in the dining room. And there was no conversation. Now, when my sisters came later, my father got saved and he became a pastor and all that. So his character changed. Now, they are able to hug him and tell him, Daddy, I love you. I'm still stuck. <laughs> In how I grew up. So telling my father, daddy, I love you. Or to hug him. Now look, we are the same children in the house. But our perception of a father 
is different. Same father, different perception. Even now, it's difficult to hug my father. Unless maybe go <laughs> or to tell him, I love you. For me, it's easy to tell my children, uh, I love you. And they say, Daddy, we love you back. But I didn't grow up my father telling me that. So I have a different perception of that. And there's so much I can receive for him, from him, unless I am delivered from that. But daddy, you know, daddy, I couldn't go because So they received things I could not receive because I was still stuck in the past. Some of you did not have present fathers in your life. And that somehow has messed up your faith in God. Because you have never experienced a father that is good. Now remember we said the foundation of our faith is who? Is God. And the foundation starts by saying what? God is good. Many believers struggle in their walk with God. And even having faith in God because they did not see him as a good God. Many believers are trying to have faith in God, but they are inhibited by a wrong view of God. There are several possible reasons why people struggle with the concept of God being good. Number one, they may have had poor role models in authority figures of their lives. Baba Mbalena, Horoskabale faith, the way it's supposed to be in your life is because you had poor authority role models in your life. And you need to deal with that. You need to deal with that. Some they had terrible life experiences that have attributed to God or the acts of God. Some of the things that are bad happened into your life. And you were taught that they happened because God is bad. They happened because God does not care. Most of the time... We blame God when bad things happen in our lives. And that thing does what? It steals our faith in God. How do you move and believe in God for greater things when you feel that he has disappointed you by taking someone that you love? It will be difficult for you to move in faith. They may have been taught improperly, often for the purpose of manipulation, and see God as an angry judge who is very demanding and impossible to please. 
Let me tell you the wrong concept of how I got saved. When I got saved, they played me a movie, Burning Hell. I don't know you know that movie. In that movie, there is a devil with a fork. And he's busy frying people in hell. So I did not get saved because I love God. I got saved because I didn't want to be fried. So my salvation was based on fear, not love. Therefore, my faith could not be maximized because I have to believe in this God who inflicts fear, who is waiting with the rod, waiting for you to make a mistake and he punishes you. How will you maximize your faith in a God that you fear not because you love him, but you fear because he's about to punish you? You cannot maximize your faith. You cannot maximize your faith. And later I had to realize that no man, this is not about fear. I had to realize the grace of God. God gave his only son because he loved me. So I realized it was about love. Not being fried in some place where there's a price then. <laughs> so the wrong concept of God's nature is the one that actually limiting our faith. God's nature is not, some will say a wrong concept, God's nature is not necessarily good or bad. Now I want to, I want to show you this. Actually God is actually telling me something. I think I need to, not this one, but maybe after this. I want to show you something. I bought myself a lovely doll here. Hello, Dolly. Now, I want to show you what most of you have seen. Can someone help me maybe? Who's willing to help me? Anyone? Anyone? Okay. Thank you, Mr. Masla. Now, you were watching there. You were sitting there. You were watching. And you were watching this father. Ah, hello, Nana. <laughs> hello, baby. Hello, Nana. Aish. This is, this is what you saw. So when it's your time to be carried, <laughs> so you're still living with, with this experience. Is what you saw your father do. 
This is what you saw your relatives do. So even when God says, come, I want to lift you and carry you, you still remember? Can I have one strong man? A young man, a young man, thinking that the Masako. Can I have one strong man, a young man? That Masako is Katama. A young man, a young man. Can, can I also have a chair? Okay. What? Is there a proper chair? Can I, can I get a chair? Come over, one chair. Yeah, one chair. I just want to show you something. I just want to show you something. And as I speak this, God is actually showing something. God is showing me something. And yeah, I think that one is better. Yes, yes, bring that one. Bring that one. Bring that one. Yeah, just, 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 just put it there. Yeah, yeah. I, I want you to close your eyes and sit on the chair. Sit on the chair. Are you comfortable? Let me talk to Ndadamalako. Okay, please stand. Yeah. Please sit. <laughs> so, so he's got what? Experience. So one of the things that hinders faith is experience. You, there are certain things you pass through. There are certain things that broke you. There are certain things that hurt you. That even when God assures you something, you still want to check if it still is this the truth, Mara? Is God really speaking the truth? Can I really trust in God? Can I throw myself fully? in God and trust him to catch me and to lift him up, to lift me up. Many are still struggling with the past. God wants to do a new thing but your past, your experience with people in your life is holding you back. Thank you, Dr. Masak. Thank you so much. Mr. Dawa, can I speak to you? Please, as I speak this, this is what God is saying. And I want to say to you today. God says he knew you before the foundations of the earth. And he says, what you are making now Financially, it's a drop in the ocean. So he's saying, you are a level five. But according to you, actually, you are a level five. You are operating in level one. 
But according to you, you think you have arrived. So there are people here who are earning more than you. Of which it is not supposed to be like that. They are level ones. You are a level five. That's what God is saying. And he says, because you did not experience the love of your father, there are things that are limiting you to operate in the level that God wants you to operate. God says, what I've done now is, is nothing. Is nothing that I'll do. The fact that your father was not in your life, he did not care for you, he did not do all the things that he has done for you. It's because the devil knew the level. You are supposed to operate in a level of billionaires. Listen to me. What's happening now is just a drop. So God says, remove the limits. Remove the walls. Yes, your father was not there. Yes, he did not. God says, I am your father. And I have so much for you. And he's saying this, don't even be afraid of your marriage. Your marriage is not going to fail. God says, I'm restoring you and I'm studying a generation. A new generation. A new bloodline. And it's going to start from you. No ancestors or ancestral worship or whatever that has happened in the past will happen. But you have to let go of the past. You have to let go of the pain. You have to let go of what your father did or did not do. God says, I'm transforming you into a new dimension, into a new level. But it is up to you. He says, I knew you before you were born. You were born for greater things. What you experience is nothing. It's, Lord, it's nothing to what God wants to do. And don't allow those things to limit you. Let's raise our hands. I want to pray with him. Father, in the mighty name of our Lord Jesus Christ, I'm praying for Mr. Ledoava. I know you have a great mission for him in the marketplace. I pray, mighty God, to remove every burden, every yoke, every limitation of the past. Father, touch him with your hand and remind him of the Father's love. Restore him, mighty God. Assure him that he is good enough. Assure him that things are going to work out for the better for him. In the mighty name of our Lord Jesus, Lord, I pray that you will open doors for what you have placed upon his life. I pray that, Lord, you will lift him up for such a time like this. Free him, mighty God, anything that limits his mind, any past that is pulling him back. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, amen. Blessings, blessings. We love you, Mr. Ledova. Ooh, what is my time? It's gone, okay. But Aikisur Basalan, do you understand why most of you can maximize your faith? Why most of you, you are saved, speaking in tongues, but still not living in faith? Most of you, you live by salary. 
not by faith. Your hope is in your salary. Most of you, if God can remove that salary, it's the end of you. Because that is your only hope. Most of you, the reason you're still loving God is because you have a salary. If God can take that salary, the Bible says, the just shall live by faith. Do you live by faith or do you live by salary? I want you to check yourself. Some of you, your confidence comes from your salary. Hey. Not that God has got your back. Why would you make a Did I say something? <laughs> Did I say something wrong? You will never know God until the devil has stripped you everything you've got. And you've got no papa or mama or relatives to cry to but to say, God, I need you. I'm not sure if most of you will survive the job scenario in your life. But he still said, my redeemer lives. I can lose him. You see, faith is like a magnet. People can take whatever that they take. But when you are a man of faith, they will come back. So I want, I want this into your mind to say when things are bad God is good. When nothing goes right God is good. When they tell you about an incurable disease God is good. When you have lost all things and hell has been opened loose upon your life God is good. When you are threatened by a situation that threatens to take your life, God is good. When your children have turned into drugs and you don't know what to do, God is good. When your marriage is on turmoil and you don't know what to do, God is good. When people talk about you like you are a in full faith unless you know that you know that you know that God is good. Because when you know that God is good, it means there are good things that he has prepared for you. Even though you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, but you know that God 
Hey, David says he prepared a table for me in front of my enemies. No enemies, no table. So in your enemies, you rejoice the goodness of the Lord. Hey. God is good. I'm closing with God. Psalm 84, no. Psalm 103, verse 5. Psalm 103 verse uh, 5. It says, Who satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles? Even when you are tired, even when you don't feel like going on, God satisfies your mouth, meaning he gives you praise. In the midst of your turmoil, in the midst of your pain, in the midst of your discouragement, when you are tired. He says, he satisfies your mouth with what? The good things. God will give you testimonies that you will declare with your mouth in the midst of your darkness. And he will, like, he renews you like a what? Like an eager. Psalm 84 verse 11. Psalm 84 verse 11. For the Lord God is a sun and a shield. The Lord will give you grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold from those who walk upright. Hey, listen to that. No good thing will he withhold from those who walk upright. So this is your assurance. This is your confidence that God will never withhold any good thing. And you have to declare this in areas or in time in your life where you are in despair. When you are faithless. When the world has turned against you. But you declare no good thing. Will God withhold? Matthew 7 verse 11. If you then being evil. So the Bible says you are evil. If you then being evil. Know, you know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will your father who is in heaven. Give good things to those who ask him. Mudima arle na li evil, li muruti. Enele kona ho rekela ba na ba le na rekela ba na ba na ding. The PlayStation and all those things. Are what about na mudima? Why longo rana even an evil in him? Once you rest on the goodness of God, there's no way you can have a faith that is not working. Because Waiyitur Mudimu is good and he wants good things for you. Hallelujah. James 1 verse 17. James 1 verse 17. It says, Every good gift... Every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. 
Every good gift comes from God. Pasolan mudimu nyakala di lotse pila. Mudimu nyakala di lotse good. God wants you to have the best. God wants you to have the good things. So even when you want something from God, if you believe by faith to get something from God, stand on that ground to say, I know that God wants good things from me. Therefore, I have the right to believe this from God. Be cheeky. Be confident. But I know that I know that God is going to do it. And don't trust God just with the smaller things, but with the bigger things. Because he's good. God does not want to open any more, your, you know, King uh, Zinkia How. He wants the Red Sea. Some of you are still praying. Hey, God is looking for a Red Sea. Do you have a Red Sea in your life? And challenge God and say, God, I know you are good. And I'm trusting you for this. You see, you don't have to be educated to use faith. You don't even know to know astrology or science. You don't even need to be a professor to move in faith. Joshua, the Bible says, while he was fighting his enemies, the Bible says he... It says when it was getting dark and he could not see his enemies clearly. He says, God, hold the sun. God, hold the sun so I can finish my enemies according to geology or astrology or whatever. It is not the sun that rotates around the earth but it's the earth that rotates around the sun even though he said it wrongly but God because he had faith God understood he did not know the science but he understood what he meant he didn't question him or give him a lecture to say hey let's do science first God hold the sun but God knew it was the earth that needed to be. Ah, God gives us good gifts. These are gifts which are fitting and suitable for us. What is suitable for one person might not be suitable for another. God's gifts are good because he knows us better than we know ourselves. If your mind has been messed up and you were confused and you were not sure if God is still good or not, God is still good.